Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Habit Shift podcast. I am Ian Bickle. Today I'm joined with Sarah and Jeff. No Sandy again, unfortunately. I uh, hope you're well, Sandy. How is everybody today? Good, thank you. I am good. So we are in a little bit of a rush, but we wanted to be consistent with these. So we touched on it in a previous podcast where we spoke about nutritional fat and we thought we would address dietary fiber. Um, so yeah, let's get into dietary fiber. Guys, who wants to kick us off? Go for it, Jeff. All right. Well, um, fiber is a carbohydrate. I think a lot of people don't realize that. It's a carbohydrate that that the body can't really digest and and extract very much energy from and so um so it is uh, something that's very important for our diet for our gut health in particular and it helps basically move things along through the digestive tract so uh that's kind of the the very short summary of what fiber is for i mean that's that's why we uh when when we're having digestive issues when we're having trouble going to the bathroom uh, those kinds of things that it's often a, a fiber related issue. And so um, one thing that uh, is important to understand too, is that there are general recommendations for fiber, but we all, we often talk about on the podcast, the individuality uh, from one person to the next. And some people do well on a little bit higher fiber. Some people do better on a lower fiber and some people do better on a mix of the two types of fiber. And so there's a couple of types. There's one called soluble fiber, and that's a um, in things like oats and things like that, and then insoluble fiber. And uh, we can probably talk a little bit more about those, but your, your soluble fiber kind of softens things up. Um, your insoluble fiber kind of bulks things up. And so when you combine those two, it sort of helps move, as I said, move things through the digestive system in a nice, um, pleasant, I guess, would be a good way to describe it, uh, manner. And I guess it's worth noting that the recommended amount per day is about 30 grams for an adult. Mm -hmm. And I think when they do research, most people don't even meet half of that recommendation. So I think it just shows that the nation's diets are lacking um, in a lot of fruit and vegetables and whole grains, you know, where it can be found. And, you know, I think we all kind of crack on about it a lot, but it's because, you know, research shows time and time and time again that if you eat a higher fibre diet, you are less likely to suffer from a lot of the um diseases such as diabetes heart disease you know it's very protective um of that and that all goes back to the the gut health bit which as we spoke about before you know it's such an up and coming um area of research and one i find fascinating and you know i can't wait over the next sort of five ten years to find out what comes out about all of this yeah yeah definitely a, a diet you know, typically that has a, an abundance of fruits and vegetables in is often a better one. However, mm-hmm. as Sarah said, the majority of people are eating too low fiber. So going from one extreme to the other, what what could be the the negatives of that? I mean, there are there are certain um, fibers within mainly plants. Um, called FODMAPs which 
don't agree with some people. You know, some people who suffer with IBS or IBD um, will have a problem digesting these fibres. And basically what happens is they ferment in your system and they let off all these gases which cause bloating and make people very uncomfortable. But, you know, that's not that common really in in the big scheme of things you know and it, and it doesn't mean you can't have any of them there's a list of um what is it fod map six of them um six different categories and it may be that you might find one or two you know for me personally onions and garlic are my um unfortunate ones that my stomach does not like um but i i found a way of of having having it in smaller amounts and then I can deal with it because obviously there's a lot of good things in them too and I don't want to completely omit that but it's finding what works for you onions and garlic yeah, that's tend to be the base of most great foods as well though, yeah. so like I find that as well with a lot of people including my wife like too much fresh garlic yeah um plays havoc a little bit and yeah. obviously you know um it's not particularly pleasant uh, going from one extreme to the other but also people may become backed up yeah yeah well that's a good point about the extremes because i think um that's again the the way that the diet culture and the fitness industry and stuff often promotes these diets it's like oh well you know you're not getting enough fiber we need to get you up to a high fiber amount and for most people if you're super low fiber right now you probably should not jump to 30 or, or more grams of fiber in a day overnight. Um, I mean, some people are okay with that, but if your body's not accustomed to that, it can be a very uncomfortable kind of uh, transition. And so typically we'd recommend kind of just gradually increasing that because, well, for one thing, we typically recommend gradually modifying your diet anyway over time as opposed to, okay, you're eating horribly today and let's go to this um you know this picture perfect instagram worthy diet tomorrow and uh that's often not sustainable but also it can backfire on you you know with the with the fiber because as we said fiber doesn't digest um and it it moves through the system and if your body's not used to that it can be kind of an unpleasant experience and people need to, if they are, that's all really good points. If um, people do increase their fibre, do it slowly, but also increase your fluid intake. And I think that's one thing yeah. people don't do. They, they increase, especially the insoluble fibre, they'll in, increase that, you know, dramatically and not include, ex, you know, extra um, hydration. And then they are in trouble, you know. So it is, it's a question of, balancing it out, getting insoluble and soluble fiber, not all from one source, you know, a mix of different um, plants, seeds, grains, etc., and making sure you are hydrated and don't do it all at once. Yeah, and I yeah. think as well, you know, we talk a lot about satiety and um, fullness, and I would say particularly like vegetables, um, and you know, in low calorie dense fruit as well, like the the calories per unit per gram are absolutely like crazy. Like you can give yourself this illusion. You're eating all of this food where potentially it's just roughage and water and, you know, um, and it, it does fill you and it's great sitting down to a full plate of food. Whereas I think a lot of people who are just having these calorie dense meals, again, a lot of calories, very low, uh, very high calories per bite 
and per unit of um you know food wise and i think adding learning to get used to adding vegetables and use that almost bulk meals out is is hugely important yeah i definitely agree with that and that's you know you can go to the extreme where you think okay i'm just going to eat low energy dense foods that are high fiber very filling and because um, it'll keep me full without eating too many calories um, i think that can backfire too when you go again <laughs> these extremes you go to the extreme where you're just focused on low calorie filling foods and then you find that your body feels like garbage later because you're not giving it the energy because the energy is is why we eat um but then on the other extreme you don't have that filling stuff and you're just all about the energy density and then you're you're uh you never feel full and so you're more prone to eat more often and and more amounts it's not like 20 minutes isn't it that feedback mechanisms from the kind of stomach to the brain so Mm -hmm. if we are actively sitting down and you can kind of go through a very calorie dense meal quite quickly and still ultimately be hungry even though you've kind of probably overshot how many calories you need and you can still be like picking like me personally when like i build a meal it's generally centered around protein and vegetables and then in addition there is like that more dense calorie like um sauce on that plate and usually i work my way through like with the vegetables first and then usually a mix of the protein and things after because that's the personal way i like to eat i like to save the best till last if if you like but i like to take care of business with the vegetables first because i know they're the things that fill us up yeah love some veggies i, I did a um through lockdown i had a, a free facebook group and we did some challenges to you know, basically see where people were on their fibre intake, which I think everyone's quite surprised when they actually start tracking it and realise how low it is. And then also, I think the mistake a lot of people make is they eat the same thing. They'll find, you know, like one or two vegetables that they like, and that's all they'll have. And actually one of the, um, I think it was, I think it was Megan Rossi that kind of started promoting it, who is a gut health um researcher and dietitian um she suggested that you try to hit 30 different types of um plant-based foods across your week so that will include not just fruit and vegetables but seeds whole grains you know rice quinoa um oats all those sorts of things and um just seeing you know how many you get in on a daily basis and see if you can actually have variety and it's actually quite a fun thing to do um you know, people did struggle because they would have the same thing over and over, you know, the same mm-hmm. one or two veggies for dinner, maybe a snack of a banana or an apple. Um, so that kind of little task could actually really see you diversify and get some new tastes and textures and, and vitamins and minerals into your diet. Yeah, I really like that because that's one of the things that that I, I talk that's one of the main things that I emphasize with parents when they're talking about uh, when they're asking questions uh, as far as nutrition for their kids is, you know, is emphasizing variety. And and when you have a broad variety, I love what you were saying there where, you know, have 30 different kinds of, of plant-based foods over the course of the week. If you do that, you don't even have to give a second thought to whether you're getting all of the vitamins and minerals that you need. If you're eating 
and you don't even have to eat 30. And that would be a good thing for kind of a practical thing that people could try. You know, if you if you kind of take a look at your food and you find out, oh, there's only three or four plant-based sources that I eat across the week, you don't need to go to 30, but you could try seven or eight, maybe, maybe make a goal of 10. And when you start doing that, you're going to broaden the, uh, the nutrient profile of your, of your eating. And you're going to do that in a way that doesn't feel like you're being forced into some kind of eating pattern or dietary pattern that isn't right for you. Mm -hmm. And you might even find that you just, that you actually enjoy your meals more too, when you start having more variety in there. Yeah, definitely. I think um, probably one of the, the hangups people have is the freshness of fruit and vegetables. Like mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially with a more heavily processed diet, opt for things that have a longer shelf life. Um, you know, and, and not realize, and again, like this is the extreme nature people have. And I guess the perfectionistic mindset that they may have that they're either trying to eat organic, like everything perfect. And then just like, oh, what's the point? Where like, for me, I'm just like, listen, tinned stuff, mm -hmm. um, frozen stuff, especially mm -hmm. frozen vegetables, I think is such an easy one because you can get these mixed bags, which have like, five six variants just in one package and you're getting such a diverse and arguably they keep fresher for longer because they're frozen quite quickly after being picked or grown or whatever yeah i think there's some research isn't there to show that there's definitely certain vegetables um and fruits that have contained more vitamins and minerals when they are frozen because they're picked and they have more, I think it's stricter regulations where they have to be frozen within a certain amount of time, which tends to be much faster than the process of, say, importing a fruit or vegetable that's come from another country. It's picked, it's stored, it's transported, it's then packaged. And, you know, that can be weeks before you actually get it on your plate. Whereas a frozen vegetable will be frozen with its nutrients intact really quickly. I always keep um, a variety of frozen bits in my freezer I, I part of it is for um, convenience because it's quick and easy so you know if I'm making any dish I've always got some frozen onion I've always got frozen peppers I've got frozen mushrooms um, I always chuck those in whatever I'm making really I mean some things mushrooms for me fresh mushrooms you would use in a recipe where you actually want to taste the mushrooms but if you're adding them to bulk something out like if I put them in a cottage pie or chili or bolognese or something then the frozen ones are fine you just chuck them in and they're extra veggies extra fiber extra minerals in there without really knowing it so i think frozen produce is fab to have i think as well it's kind of a lost art cooking yeah. um you know it seems to be like i'm quite i'm not going to say lucky but i'm lucky in a sense when i left school i didn't have a clue what i wanted to do so i like I went to kit, I went and learned to be a chef. Um, and I picked up a lot of knife skills and some basic skills, but like some of the clients I work with, like even preparing a bit of vegetables, what will take me very short amount of time can take them a long time. So like we've got people who are like time pressed um and time poor. So that's where, as you said, those sorts of things like in their head might not be perfect, but like what's what's the what's the alternative um you know get someone else to do it for you 
is my saying like you know and this is where like you know um me like meal prep companies can come in mm -hmm. as well so you can have someone else do it um for you and even these ready meals that are available in these supermarkets particularly the ones that are like i'm even going to say like slimming world meals like if we get rid of the brand and we actually look at the the labels and the ingredients typically they're going to be high protein high vegetables like a little bit of fiber in there and even in addition you can put uh, more vegetables on the side just to bulk it out a little bit um, those meals i think you use them quite often don't you in the um are they the aldi slim well ones slim well yeah nothing yeah. to do with slim world yeah, <laughs> other brands are available like, um yeah. they um are pretty high in protein and fiber aren't they yeah like uh, the way i see it the taste nice um you can add a bit more seasoning add a bit more bulk but like if i was to make that from fresh which is the ideal perfect scenario I've got a trial and error of that recipe. I've got to, you know, mess around. And it's just like, what am I trying to do here? And I think this is the issue with so many people with the diet. It's like, if it's not perfect, you know, there's no point doing it. And especially if you're a busy parent, busy career, like it's very hard to kind of like, um, you know, make that kind of mature um, decision. Everybody's waiting for this perfect pocket of time. So like they just never get around to it. Mm. And it's like, listen, if we just start making improvements and refine on those things, you're going to find yourself in a very different position in maybe six months to a year's time. But if constantly procrastinating about like not being able to cook fresh and I don't have time in this, you're just not going to get nowhere. Mm, exactly. And, you know, it doesn't have to be. I think it's again, it's like when you're going to do something, it's enjoying the <clears> process and it's actually thinking about what you're going to get out of that at the end of it. So there are always going to be days where we don't have time, we don't have the in inclination, the motivation, whatever it is to, to prep something from scratch. But there will be days that you do. And if you enjoy the process and realise that you're, you know, you're cooking nice things to feed family, people are going to enjoy it, you're going to get the health benefits of it, then that's a really positive thing. And I think that's the one sad thing that we we're losing in society now is you know kids aren't taught to, to cook at school properly they they leave home with you know convenient stuff if they go to uni or they're they're out of the room because they don't know how to cook and i think that's a, a real shame yeah i definitely agree with that that's that's something that i was i was fortunate growing up my mom taught me certain cooking skills kind of involved me in that not as much as i as probably would have been ideal, but, but I, at least when I moved out, when I was, uh, you know, 19 and I moved out for the first time because <laughs> I moved back to, but, um, but yeah, I actually could cook myself breakfast and I could cook myself a dinner and, and fix just those basic skills. I think that's, that's as important as understanding protein, fat, and carbs. And I guess we're getting off on another tangent here, but but um, but all of it really ties in nicely together, and that's you know when it when it comes to fiber, when when you're considering all these different sources, the prepared stuff that you're getting at Aldi, and you realize oh that does have fiber, and you might think oh I can't eat that because it's a it's a ready-made meal and that's not healthy, is it? And you realize well what's in there? It's the same thing that would be in there if I was going to cook it at home. It's just cooked for me ahead of time. Mm -hmm. 
And um, that's one of the nice things. I don't know if you guys have them there, but here in the U.S., at least uh, the grocery stores that I go to here, there's a ton of ready-made meals now that are they're not in the frozen section. They're actually in um, over in the deli section where they're really nice. I mean, there's you, you could probably go there and eat every single meal throughout the course of the week and have a, this broad variety of different flavors and textures and never really get sick of it. And, um, you know, they're not the, the cheapest, so you have to factor that in, but, but, um, it can be a really good way of supplementing your diet to get in that fiber, the protein, the fat, all those things that we've talked about. They've definitely come a long way. Um, yeah. I actually forgot we were doing fiber then I was going, getting quite excited about cooking from home and cooking from scratch and teaching. Yeah. Kids. So I think we'll have to do a, a, an episode on that in the future, but yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's one of the sort of closing tips on on Fiverr, I guess, is, you know, make life easy for yourself. Buy pre-prepared if you want, buy canned, buy frozen. Spend an hour on one day of the week chopping it all up ready so you can just chuck it in the microwave if you want. It doesn't have to be complicated. I think we're just trying to remove as much decision fatigue in, like, an individual's life as possible. Like, that's what our jobs are like yes we know let's say you want to lose weight or whatever you need to be in a caloric deficit but habitually behaviorally um you know you're not so it's kind of addressing those core issues and getting to grips with that that's going to fundamentally get you where you want to be we don't want to kind of have a diet forced on us we want to develop a diet that's going to put us in the right direction sometimes the early phases might just be building the foundations for that successful diet down the line but i think we're so everybody's so used to these eight ten twelve week like time frames it's almost that like pressure put on you already that you have to be doing things at a certain rate and that includes like increasing fiber and we don't want people to be overly um perfectionistic with this and have that kind of dichotomous thinking between like right i eat loads of fruit and veg or i don't because mm. like it's just about like stepping in the right direction and making better decisions more mindful decisions around your your vegetable consumption your fruit consumption like that's going to like absolutely like pay dividend down the line absolutely yeah so I mean, I guess like if we're if we're going to just wrap up, we'll keep this one short and sweet, um, like a fruit, um, <laughs> which contains fiber. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, it does. Wow, I got there. Um, so, what would uh, your take-home messages regarding fiber be? Um, mine would be choose variety. Um, look across the whole, you know, spectrum of fruits and veg, try different ways of cooking it. Um, think about swapping some of maybe the white things that you eat for whole grain varieties. And if you are super low on fiber at the moment, just like Jeff said earlier, don't go straight to 30 grams, you know, build it up slowly on a weekly basis. Just see what you can add in. Just think of an extra you can put in rather than trying to be perfect. Yeah. Jeff. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, take take an iterative approach, just adding in th those things gradually over time. That's going to be a much more sustainable way to do it. Uh, one of the things that I found too is that 
you can sometimes find good swaps that you don't have to compromise flavor or texture. And just by taking a quick look at the label and you find, oh, this one has more fiber than this one does. And I actually like them equally well. So I'm going to go ahead and get that. One example that for me personally is um, we get this protein pasta from Barilla. It's protein plus is the, the name. And it's basically, it's a, it's a white pasta. It has the same texture, same taste as regular white pasta, which I prefer over whole wheat. And, uh, but they beefed it up with protein. So you get like 16 grams of protein when you have two servings of it. And then, but they've also beefed it up with fiber. So you get seven or eight grams of fiber, I think, or something in it. And so it's a white spaghetti penne pasta bow tie. They make all the, the, the shapes and you're getting beefed up protein and fiber and you're not compromising on what you prefer as far as the, the pasta goes. And so there's a lot of those kinds of things out there now, which, uh, which is kind of nice. That's one of the, I guess, one of the positive aspects of the dieting industry and dieting culture is that they've come up with these different products that, that are kind of souped up in a sense. And so if you do struggle in that area, then you could look for some of those things. I'm not a big fan of swapping out things for things that you don't like as much or prefer kind of like, oh, well, eat brown rice. Well, I don't like brown rice. Well, mm -hmm. it's healthier, so you should eat it. Okay, I guess I'll eat it. I mean, that sort of defeats the purpose, but. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you should send us some of that pasta. That sounds good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'll send you a link. You may be able to find it. Yeah, we can find it. It's it's everywhere here. It's I'm really sure good. I'm sure a Holland and Barrett sell it for like 90 quid for 500 grams <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's just uh those health food shops like hey look at these notes yeah. like set you back a small fortune but yeah, yeah. I, I would say yeah exactly and the um i guess just learning to add a bit of flavor not being afraid of you know add even adding a bit of sauce like a bit of ketchup a bit of like you know it's it's like maybe 30 calories worth of like energy and people are like oh the sugar and it's again no like it's it's getting you like from a net perspective, it might be adding calories to that meal, but also it's stopping you eating like excess later. So you're not going to be overly hungry, but more importantly, you're getting in a, a shed ton of fiber, um, you know, and yeah, the good stuff from that. So don't be afraid to add a little bit of flavor, seasoning, sauces, experiment with roasting like an air fryer we got an air fryer and i love it i bought our asset for valentine's she wasn't yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> and i want you know what um so yeah and it was a business expense yeah <laughs> oh my god you're so romantic oh you know what she nearly cried i bet but, she did <laughs> so yeah air fryer like i've just been pointing everything in that amazing and like if you're just a bit like, right, I can't be bothered to cook, just cut shit up and hoy it in an air fryer. Um, carrots, like honestly, carrot chips with like uh, seasoning, okay. like fajita seasoning on. Oh my God, like amazing. There's no rules when it comes to food. Just find something you like, uh, you know, repeat it to a certain degree, tinker and like build a, a decent diet that you, you kind of enjoy and have fun with. And there's no rigid rules. It just warms your soul a little bit and that's what we kind of want yeah that's one of my big you know just to piggyback on what you said there i my one of my favorite things is to get different kinds of stir fry sauces 
or curry. Like I grabbed a, a, a curry sauce the other day, dumped it on some chicken and frozen vegetables. And I'm, and there you go. I, it, it, there's no prep, uh, you know, no, um, yeah, I didn't have to cook anything and you can experiment with these things and it, yeah, it adds a few calories, but man, it, it makes it taste so good and it makes the meal enjoyable. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be a chef like Ian. I, I, I wasn't a good chef. Yeah, well, like I do, you know, some basics, but I think even within the, within everything, like the basics go a long way. And it's only, you know, very so often you elaborate on those things. But again, that requires effort. And as I go through life, got a child, got a business, got other things going on. I don't want to like spend it like obsessing about my diet. I just want mm -hmm. to enjoy it enough. So it gives us what I want from a health perspective, a performance perspective, managing my weight and all of that sort of stuff. And it allows us to focus on other things in life. Definitely. I've just got a, a quick, funny fiber story. Um, when I, my last holiday, sadly, was in 2019 when we went to Florida and we went into one of the public supermarkets there, which was huge. And came across fiber one bars so over here we do get them but there's like three or four flavors you know if you haven't had one they're only about 89 calories they're like a small square of like a brownie type thing um but they've got five to six grams of fiber in them so you know for a processed chocolatey snack they're not too bad in america however there are like 25 different flavors <laughs> and I'm just like mind blown. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. Anyway, a bit later on that day, we're sat by the pool. My husband's on his phone and he's like, do you know that like Publix do home delivery? And I'm like, well, yeah, probably, of course they do. Anyway, cut a long story short, about two, three hours later, we had a $30 worth delivery of fiber one bars turn up at the hotel and he'd literally gone on there and he'd ordered them and that's what we had to bring home well i'm not being blessing but they were like squashed to, to pieces by the time we got all the bars there was about 10 boxes of different flavored fiber one bars and you know i think i threw i threw the rest of them away a little while back because they're like nearly two years old but yeah that's just my little funny story on fiber bars some That's... people bring back, you know, exciting things from holiday. So <laughs> Do you bring back? Bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll leave you on that little story. <laughs> you um, can't stop that, can you? That's why. No, no. Well, that's it. That's the best fiber <laughs> one bar based story I, I've heard. I was afraid it was going down the going down the uh, path of where we'd have to mark this as explicit based on the descriptions of something it had done to your your bathroom habits for a day or two or something but <laughs> this was much better this was a much better story no, but, uh, i think i've already ruined that with the s word I, you I did yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah sarah twitched when i said it i did i was like <laughs> the woman's gonna come up oh. right well i think we'll uh we'll leave it there so again thank you very much uh jeff thank you sarah um, and I guess we'll we'll catch people next time.